You're listening to a Monster Kid Podcast. <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. How's it going, eh? Today's show on the Monster Kid Podcast Network is a classic. Hosted by two comedic geniuses who've watched way too much North American cinema from the 21st century. Mike Pisacano and Anthony Cilio. Entitled Cinemarketing, this podcast chronicles the heroic adventures of two latter-day consumers of film and the marketing surrounding them or, to use the correct 20th century terminology, losers. We hope you give it three thumbs up. Welcome to Cinemarketing. The trailers may have lied to you, but we won't. I'm your host, Mike Pisacano. And who am I joined with today? Uh, Louis Otero yep. from this show sometimes. Yep. Tell them where else you're from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to do a podcast that's dead now with Mike called Random Movie Roulette. Uh, and I'm currently on the Gory Picture Show with Brandon Hardy, which Mike is from sometimes yes. also. I was on an episode. I was on two episodes recently. I was on the WNUF Halloween special and Flesh Eating Mothers. Go listen to those shows. Yeah. You've been on that show more than any other guests we've had. So That's very flattering. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but this is going to be a new uh, show for us on this channel. And I figure that what we could do, because I feel like there is a bit of a drought between episodes, because like the main episodes, they, they take a little long to, you know, get right. And I want to have something in between. So I figure that with you, Lewis, because you're also keeping up with like, you know, the the day to day movie news yep. uh, and it hurts. Yeah. Used to used to specialize in it professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I should have cited my actual credits. I, I used to write for the illustrious heroic Hollywood dot com, uh, the place that nobody respects. As, as, as I have learned in my like later journalistic career, that mentioning fucking heroic Hollywood as like a place I used to write is the opposite of giving experience. It's taking experience away from me. <laughs> yeah, but but I figure that what we could do is that like instead of just being like a typical like you know movie news roundup type of show, I figure we should categorize a lot of the marketing related materials and news stories and stuff that has come out about new movies and use it as quote research in case we ever decide to do any of these movies in the future we could refer back to these as like significant marketing moments and we can like cite what we thought about at the time with them and maybe use it for future reference it could be old movies some some movies that like you know if it's an older movie and there's something that new that has come out about it. We could cover it here and also new movies like new trailers and posters, anything that like, you know, is significant marketing uh, materials about a new movie or something we could probably cover. And I'm sure get ready for a whole lot of film Twitter drama. <laughs> I had to that, guess that, that sadly factors into marketing quite a bit these days. Yeah, no, that's uh, and especially in like these minutia, like minute to minute type of uh, of yeah. of. of keeping track of stuff but anyway let's start out with a big one right now we've got so we are within a few days you are within several hours of seeing the batman i'm in actually as of recording right now i'm exactly 24 hours away from seeing the batman like literally to the minute yeah uh, i mean this episode might go up a little maybe 24 hours to the minute after uh yeah talk about this but yeah so you're going to see the batman on tuesday uh this upcoming the tuesday yeah. of this past week uh i'm probably gonna see it on sunday i already have my tickets at the alamo yonkers and uh there's been some we're close to the release date of the movie it's doing gangbusters you know box office wise it's selling out theaters and new shows and stuff you know typical superhero movie stuff but there's been some uh some other you know materials that have been released about the batman or for it like uh marketing products and stuff specifically uh one thing that me and lewis literally just partook in moments before recording is the little caesar's batman calzone oh my god i have never eaten little caesar's in my life uh, until this moment legit i forgot we were going to talk about this on the show and when mike said that and i remembered like i was overcome by sadness like just <laughs> like just a wave of desperation came over me <laughs> yeah so for so for this being the first little caesar's experience that i've ever had we you open the box and it is in the shape of a bat symbol of um, yep 
pepperoni bat symbol and then like the pointed corners are like a somewhat of a calzone it's, they attempt to make it like a calzone they just kind of fold over a pizza crust and shove some cheese in there and ham and yeah yeah ham or i think it's just like chunks of pepperoni it, it, it tastes like a big totino's pizza roll more than anything else yeah i mean and it also it this pizza for this being my first experience with little caesar's pizza it just kind of tasted like you know reheatable frozen pizza or like i think you said costco pizza which i think i'm like that's right on the money is what it tasted like but if you've ever been at a costco with your parents and you've been there for like eight hours for some reason because apparently that was an all-day event and then at the end you were all crying and hungry and desperate and so they were like fine eat this fucking i don't know if you if you were lucky, it was a Pizza Hut in the food court, but sometimes it was just Costco brand fucking pizza. No, that's exactly what it tastes like. If you're in the Costco food court and you don't go for the hot dog instead, you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah, I learned that way too late, sadly. Yeah, uh, but I think this is significant because this promotion has made us buy a product from a restaurant, a a food chain that we have never eaten before. In our lives and purely ate it because, well, one, we knew we were going to do it as research for the show. So we're like, well, let's order it. And but we also were like, it would be a funny thing. Just like, let's order the Batman pizza as a joke. And because we said that we were planning on doing this anyway. Like we're just like hang out, like order the pizza and like, you know, just to see what it's like. But again, it's like. It's just that it's in the shape of bat of a bat symbol. Like, why is it that special? I I think there's like a. A level to it that it's funny because it's a like such an intense licensing deal from DC and Warner Brothers and it went to Little Caesars, mm-hmm. which is like crazy. Like you couldn't get Domino's like. Yeah. But also the fact that because Batman, this new Batman movie is being marketed as like the dark, mature, like the close to R rated yeah. Batman movie. And then it's like. Batman pizza at Little Caesars. It's like <laughs> it kind of undercuts like the the seriousness, the maturity, the gravitas it's, of the Batman. It's such nineties marketing. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I again, I love it, and I I want to see more yeah, stupid shit this, like yeah. this. Um, what I want to see less stupid shit of is that uh, apparently, I and I don't know if this is the same screening that you went to, but apparently there were certain screenings where if you pre-ordered your tickets at at an AMC, you received a collect. Batman oh. NFT. Yeah, I do apparently have a Batman NFT on the way. So I, I have not received it yet, as far as I'm aware. So may, maybe on the next episode, I'll update you guys on where I am with my Batman NFT. I'm going to become a tycoon now. <laughs> God, I'm going to take over the whole crypto market because of but with just this one. I, my goal is to just drive up demand for the single Batman NFT that I'm going to get. That's my whole involvement in the market forever. So, what you just, you, so is it literally like you just get a JPEG from the movie? I like, don't even think that's it. I think like my name goes in a digital ledger and that means that I own a very, very, very specific version of that image. Um, and it's which is I, I don't I feel like I shouldn't have to tell anyone that's worthless. Like that is nothing. That's less than nothing. Yeah. The fact that they're trying <sighs> the fact that this is like catching on. So I like we thought it was stupid when because I remember when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, they did the same thing. And I was like, oh, this is a stupid thing. And now that they're yeah. doing it again for Batman, I'm like, is this going to become a new trend? Like, is this going to become the new norm? I can't handle this. I don't I don't want to get to a point where I have to learn about cryptocurrency in order to like, you know, sustain my financial future. I mean, look, I, good thing is I don't think anyone's going to come to your house with a gun and be like amc just sent you the fucking nft now i don't know go look at it what do you do with the nft once you have it does it do it does it play games what does it do it's just a picture. do you earn revenue from it you get a shitty little hexagon on twitter and everyone hates you immediately when they first look at your profile it's the the hatred that people have found for nfts is my favorite thing on the internet right now. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the severity of it because yeah. I'm like, we have to early on yeah. work to not normalize it. We have to stomp the shit out right away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next big thing, now this is a big... This event for movies and trailers is a big marketing showcase. Uh, the Super Bowl had happened this year. That's and why I watch it. 
ever well i mean for the the possible movie trailer i get to see the new superman or whatever a day i mean i mean so. we we were we were see we were watching the super bowl anyway just like you know the group of friends and like you know yeah. chatting about and uh some of the super bowl ads that they showed during the during the game uh some of them were a little truncated they were like just kind of like 30 second tv spots but like we ended up looking at the full super bowl uh trailers for these movies and the first one up is Jurassic World Dominion. And I, I, who is I've not in, since, you know, since Jurassic World one came out, I have not met someone who is excited for the next Jurassic Park movie. Like, I, who is the fan base of this? I didn't even see the second movie. And no. I don't know anyone who saw the second movie. And yet it still made a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. Who are these fucking people? Yeah. Who is doing this? Is this middle America? Yeah. I feel like are, the, are, are these like the flyover states that us uh, coastal elites are so out of touch with? We're being total coastal elites right now <laughs> but but i think it's like these are movies for you know those kids are like super fixated and they know every fact about dinosaurs i feel like they are the core audience for the new jurassic world movies oh totally or people who really like bringing back legacy characters yeah that, that is also the biggest thing about this trailer is that like they're finally a couple of years late to this trend but they're they're like sam neill laura dern and jeff goldblum are in these movies again and it's like is this even special like of course like it's, who cares I, it's not at all anymore like i am i'm so done with this like they, <laughs> like maybe if they did it for the first movie like like how at maybe least, yeah like how the way that the new star wars trilogy how it like had han solo and leia and stuff and then like as the trilogy went on they kind of like phased out for the new characters right i mean then again it wasn't that, good but i mean yeah i, I kind of prefer that approach to, to, to like in the, this is. in the third movie like our last desperation attempt is like yeah. we gotta f you know bring back the old characters and it's again it's like it feels like this is a template where it's like any new reboot movie where it's like they have the dramatic reveal of like the character walking through the door it's like well i'll be is that alan grant it's like yeah. what yeah it's like of course you ex it's like i expect that to happen now for everything dude i i gotta say like the, the last one i i feel like spider-man you know did that in a way that felt like so fun to me like i'm really i'm officially done with it like i i, I can't see it anymore i watched the leather fit the, the new texas chainsaw massacre i actually didn't hate it um, i'm gonna talk about that with i think uh jx still on his podcast which would be uh great but um fucking oh, man like they bringing bring back, back they brought back sally hardesty from the first movie but the woman who played her died and like she i mean spoiler alert for the slasher movie she dies like like viciously uh and so quickly after being injured like i almost think like they were making fun of it like making fun of the new halloween movies because they literally like bring her in and like she does like this whole bit where like she's the only one who can stop this or save this and like within 15 minutes she is getting viciously murdered mm. And then, like, it becomes pretty irrelevant to the rest of the movie, and it doesn't, it has absolutely no bearing on the movie at all. And it's not even the same actress. <laughs> She's <That> dead. <laughs> no one wanted it. Yeah, no, it's again with this this and especially now and speaking of no, something that nobody wants anymore is chris pratt where i said that the first movie it's such like this relic now where it's like he's the lead of this franchise because he was a big actor now and now like five years later and everybody hates him and they don't want to see oh, him in anymore <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if everybody hates him again i feel like middle america <laughs> the people who are seeing these jurassic park movies like they must be really still enjoying him i know like film twitter and Twitter in general. It's a bubble. Yeah. And they hate him. Like, mm -hmm. like, loathe him. I'm kind of on that train, too, now. Where, like, even if I didn't think he's probably not a great guy, the fact that... <laughs> It just seems like he's I'm the go-to so guy. I'm so sick to... of looking at him now. Yeah, yeah. just he, it, he's like The Rock now, where like he just seems like the generic choice for like who's the big action star. Yeah, just give it Chris Pratt. He could do it. But like The Rock has come back around to the other end, where like it's charming again. Like, but like I, I don't believe there's any hope for that happening to Chris Pratt. Like, I think that that's an anomaly. I don't want Chris Pratt to assume that he can do what The Rock did and be so annoying and so everywhere that at a certain point. At a certain point, it becomes charming.
Yeah. So now the next trailer that we're going to talk about from the uh, Super Bowl is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yep. This was literally the only thing I cared about uh, in the whole the whole evening. Uh, really cared about seeing it. it uh, you know, we're we're doing it. We're we're going full multiverse, and now multiverse is becoming a thing. Just like bringing back legacy characters that I'm getting mm. a little fucking sick of seeing and shit, but. You know, I'm a comic book guy, so like I can kind of ignore it pretty easily and get into it. Um, yeah, man, I this is a trailer for a movie. It looks like they're keeping a lot under the hood, but uh, you know, one of the things that they kind of let slip is uh, a little, yeah. a little, a slight little voice cameo from a, a a legacy character, if you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there is the Patrick Stewart alleged cameo. That we, we, we don't have a confirmation of. It's definitely him. Yeah, because that voice, I'm like, that is yeah. Patrick Stewart's voice. Like, and, like, he, Patrick Stewart gave, like, the most obvious actor dodging a question answer when asked about it ever. He's He was just like, a lot of people do impressions of my voice. Like, that's, no. You would just <laughs> say, no, I'm not in that movie. That's weird. <laughs> like, you wouldn't make up this weird, fantastical world in which someone is hiring impersonators. Um and yeah, so I mean, it looks like that is largely teasing like the Illuminati from the comic books In the comic books. I think in 616, like it was just a group of people from that universe. This seems to be a version of it where it is like, I guess, versions of characters from across the multiverse. Clearly, this is specifically uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, Professor X from the Fox X-Men movies. So Which, that bothers me on a level of like. Kind of in the same way that it bothers me in Spider-Man No Way Home about like Alfred Molina and the Green Goblin, where it's like these characters had their stories finished and now we're just kind of kind of trudge them back out again. Like the ending of Patrick Stewart's character in Logan is like such a it's such a tragic, like heartbreaking end to like this decades long series that he was in. And it like it has such emotional resonance in that movie. And now it's just bringing him back as like a famous face that we know from other movies. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm sick of it again. It's like, I can name any movie now where it's like, Oh, they're probably going to bring that character. They're going to bring a, it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. Like it's not fun to see. I, I mean, like this intrigues me. Not really so much. As I'm like, Ooh, cool. A cameo. I, I really don't like cameos and things, but, um, you know, ramification wise, it really does make you wonder just like what, Marvel is going like to how, do yeah how far are they bringing the Fox characters in yeah like, and, and how they plan on doing it in general because like I, I I know Patrick Stewart's in it I'm not convinced James McAvoy and fucking Ty Sheridan are going to be coming over uh, as well at any point like I I, I have to what about Channing Tatum as Gambit is that ever going to happen <laughs> no, no you think Marvel's finally going to give a second chance to that <laughs> failed project Channing Tatum is apparently still not over the Gambit thing he was just talking about it in an interview <laughs> You know about how heartbroken he was that that didn't work out. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know, but like, you know, it, there's the X Men to figure out. Like, apparently, like the Fantastic Four are gonna have some sort of cameo in it. Like, it sounds like from what the rumor mill has been about this movie, it sounds like Marvel is literally using this as an opportunity to just uh, foc- uh focus. Like, what's it called? Do like a focus group focus test for like what characters work and like no for casting specifically like I I, like one of the rumors is that it's like pretty distinct is that like they have uh, a cameo of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Reed Richards and the Invisible Woman and like literally they're like if people like it then that will be the Fantastic Four but if not they'll just say oh that's just from a different universe that is not related to this one. Sounds in like any such way. a waste of potential. Like, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a little exhausting. I think it will make for a fun, like, silly movie. Whatever. I mean, I I was intrigued at seeing that Sam Raimi was coming in to direct it. I I mean, I thought it would have made more sense for him to direct No Way Home since it's using a lot of his characters. But they like he got to make his new Marvel movie. But I'm like. I just, I, just by judging it, I'm like, it looks like it has some, like, weird Sam Raimi, like, camera zoom-in, like, trademarks, but I, looking at it as a whole, I'm like, this kind of just reminds me of, like, a lot of other times when Marvel brings in, like, a big, like, name auteur director, and it's just like, they just kind of make Marvel shit. Like, it doesn't look like it has a distinct vision from, like, the person that they hired, they just kind of water it down. Yeah. I don't know, I, I think it's kind of hard to tell from, from what we saw, 
It also just doesn't like, help that Doctor Strange one is like one of my least favorite Marvel. Yeah, movies. that really doesn't help. Um, yeah, I agree. It's not one of the stronger ones, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, I really like Scarlet Witch a lot. So seeing her do her whole thing, I think Elizabeth Olsen looks like she's having yeah, does a it, lot of fun in this movie. Does it look like they're painting her to be like the main antagonist? She's, she's gonna be, she's gonna wind up being the villain. Yeah, I, I, I from what I understand, the villain is gonna be Nightmare, um, which is, I, I it's to me always felt like the logical first villain for for Doctor Strange, or I guess Baron instead Mordo of wasting that, Dormammu. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like or and wasting Mads Mikkelsen on not yeah. being Dormammu for some reason. Um, I and at some point it's going to switch and be Wanda. Like I, I, I have to imagine that that is the case. It seems like that's what WandaVision was kind of building to ultimately. Um, and there is definitely like she has that whole like bit about like, oh, you mess with reality and you're a hero and I do it and I'm the villain, which is like not a comparable situation. Hey, didn't From she like I enslave an entire town? She did. She, she straight up enslaved an entire town of people Doctor and Strange like they just, were being mentally tortured. Doctor Strange just kind of mm-hmm. Mr. Magood a couple of Marvel characters yeah. from 2002. Into but the ultimately universe. saved the universe. Like all you did was unenslave that town <laughs> like and you caused that in the first place. So you don't really get points for that. All right, well, let's move on to the next movie. (laughs) And this is the one that I was the most excited for, and that is Jordan Peele's Nope. 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 I I didn't say nope to this trailer. I said, uh, hell yeah, because at this point, it's like Jordan Peele has gained such goodwill that, like, I didn't even need to see much of this trailer. I'm just like, new Jordan Peele movie. It's got Daniel Kaluuya in it. Sure, I'll see it. Sure, it'll be good. Um, I'm I'm tempted to be like, cause it. I mean, it looks pretty good, but I'm at this point, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know how it could be better than us. But then again, leading up to the release of us, I was like, well, I'm sure it'll be good, but how could it be as as good as Get Out? And then I think us ended up for me personally. I think us is a better movie than yeah. Get Out. So if he ends up managing to being able to top himself with this, I will be so amazingly impressed. But. I will I, say that, I'm yeah. personally I'm not like that confident. I'm I'm so excited for it because it's a new Jordan Peele movie. I love us. I love Get Out. This trailer did not really do much for me. Like there's like little moments that I think are cool, but like nothing about what they showed. Like if this wasn't a Jordan Peele movie, like I don't think I would really pay much attention to it. I think that the the general hints of like the ominous like what is happening like the natural disaster element of something that's or like the alien invasion or what it whatever it is like it seems like he's going his like i guess like a close encounters cloverfield kind of route where it's like you don't really know what the threat is and we have to like go see the movie in order to figure out what it is and i think that that's all i really need like i don't really need them to like you know describe in any detail of like what more or like what the metaphor for it is even it's like i'll figure that out when i see the movie no yeah i I mean i certainly don't need that spelled out for me uh this this does give like I don't know. Very little to to me for for what for what I understand. Like just from what I don't know. I I know what it's about. I I definitely know what it. It's an alien abduction story of some kind. Like they they they're pretty clear about it. But I'm just like not like confident from watching that that it would be an interesting movie. The only thing that makes me think that right now is that Jordan Peele's name is on it. Yep. And that is that which is, is a, fine. Yeah. No, and that is a big uh, marketing tactic is like the the name recognition and like, you know, the tr- the built-in trust that you have with with his name as a brand kind of. Yeah. So, absolutely. And like Jordan Peele has like become like Ari Aster and that like it's like associated with its own like genre of film almost. Like they're their own kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess you can get by on a little, which I appreciate. I really don't like to see a lot in trailers. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what we got to see a lot of is Sonic the Hedgehog too. I'm so stoked for this. I'm fucking all about it. I, I here's the thing because I, I the, the first Sonic movie is like I I'm, I feel like we that's got to be like we got to do that soon. Like I mean <laughs> I might even have you on it. Um, sure. I, if you want someone who just likes the movie and wants to talk about how much they like the movie. I mean the, yeah. The, the, I mean as far as marketing compared to the first movie this is like nothing like it's just like this is, seems like a little bit more of a traditional like marketing for like a a, a mainstream children's movie a sequel or anything yeah. like that but i will say that at least from what it's shown us it at least 
as someone who I, I didn't really care for the first movie that much, I thought it was just kind of a generic kids movie and it didn't have enough like fun mm-hmm. Sonic video gamey things about it. This movie looks like it, it's at least bringing in some of that stuff. The effects look a lot better. Uh, I like that they have like Knuckles and Tails and Eggman. It looks like they're being a little bit more wacky with it and yeah. like, you know, a little bit more video gamey and, and, and extreme about it. So I don't know. I, I'm certainly this is probably my most anticipated movie going experience because i know that if it's anything like the first movie i'm gonna be cackling i'm gonna be <laughs> up rip roaring and having a good time like <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm sure there will be rowdy screenings of sonic the hedgehog too i'm, I'm i'll be hosted by my brother and his group of friends <laughs> to them the first movie was like comedy gold they were like they were they were having the time of their life during that one yeah and I, i'm like if i could if i could be in the room if i could uh reenact if i could have that what they have with that <laughs> if i could happy. just have what they have yeah. um yeah man i i like the first one i thought it was uh, a fun kids movie uh this looks just fucking awesome this looks like the, the actual song the hedgehog movie i would have wanted when i was a kid like it's just got like the you know big hallmark things from the games fucking sonic riding on tails's plane which is just really fucking cool to see they got that voice actress back who does it in the video games and she's fantastic knuckles being introduced like kind of accurate to how he was introduced in like sonic 3 and knuckles and like i am kind of disappointed that the movie wasn't called sonic and knuckles yeah that's a bummer that's there's no reason for that it should have or should have been called for no reason, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. They like, just ca- ignore the fact that they didn't have a second movie. <laughs> they should have called the movie Sonic 2006. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the one where Sonic fucks a human woman. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, no, yeah. And they have, like, the big egg craft thing, the egg carrier or whatever. Um, and just Jim Carrey's, like, now full, like, actual Dr. Eggman. Like, he's no longer origin story. Like, he's just... All, all wacky and like there's the master emerald and so like the chaos emerald is going to be like it's doing like sonic things which is I, to me very exciting and i know that's lame but i don't care because no, i, I want to hear the spin dash sound and that will make me happy no i mean here's the thing is that like i think that all these things you're like oh this sounds like stupid and childish but i'm like no i think that that's the thing that was missing from the first movie to yeah. make it fun like i think that if i if it had that stuff like this movie looks like it has and it, it at least looks like it'll be a little bit more I guess faithful to the games as like as and as far as like getting people because I felt like the first movie was just like yeah it just felt like a generic kids movie where it's like this could have been like Alvin yeah. and the Chipmunks or it actually or like reminds me of like the early two thousands like cartoon adaptations where they just like take the cartoon character and drop them put in, them in the real world. Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle or like or we were just watching uh, what was it we did a recent episode on cinema marketing Looney Tunes back in action where we made the jokes where it's like there's a part where this where the cartoon character is sitting in the passenger seat next to the human. Uh, protagonist in a car and it's like yep that's uh that's every 2000s kids movie (laughs) (laughs) oh god there was also like this uh like supercut of like dceu related movies yeah. coming out in 2022 uh you want to talk more about that since you're the superhero guy we already yeah, talked about yeah, batman but got a big fat boner uh really i i'm very excited for most of the movies the one i'm least excited for even though i'm i'm sure i will enjoy it is the, the aquaman sequel i just i don't know don't really particularly care but the flash looks surprisingly good i like andy muschetti as a director uh, i like ezra miller as someone until he started choking women i uh, like him I, I didn't like him less now i didn't like him uh when that came out but i did like him when he made a video calling out the kkk to be like hey why don't you come 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 by me i'll fucking kill all of you like <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool yeah he has a lot of ups and downs this guy um yeah, I, I think all that stuff looks really cool. I don't care about Michael Keaton coming back for Batman again, as we were talking about. What's that he coming trend. back as Batman in the, the, Flash, in the Flash and show. Batgirl? Oh, um, he's going to be like the new Batman, the oh. new old Batman. Who all fucking right. cares? Um, right. Black Adam looks cool. Uh, I think this is like the first look at Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, which I mean, the costume looks fantastic. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Again, costume looks awesome and just great casting, I think, in general. And uh, Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher or Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher is how they pronounced it in uh, Cyberpunk. Um, So cool. Yeah. Justice Society stuff. That'll be great. 
The Rock looks cool as Black Adam. I'm I mean, at sure least we're finally getting that. I remember hearing about The Rock as Black Adam before like Man of Steel even came I think out. Before I graduated high school, like yeah. <laughs> it's been circulating for. Yeah, the fact quite that they made time. this Shazam movie, and I was like, wait, they cast The Rock as Black Adam, and they <laughs> didn't, didn't even put, put him in. in. The sh- yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. Dude, it didn't even have him in like a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> like that's fucking crazy. Not even a in a post-credit scene yeah. revealing him to be the villain. Like No, the one of the fucking caterpillar villain. Sorry. Like your transition. I like ruined it. The transition that I was gonna say, <laughs> like in the King's Man oh, post-credit God. scene. So this is a thing. <laughs> this is an example of a, a movie that's already been released. And nothing was really made a fuss about it at the time, but now something has come about from it that people are catching on to. So when The King's Man came out in late December of last year and nobody saw the movie because nobody cared, uh, kind of like, yeah, released with a thud. Nobody really. I never I didn't know anybody who saw the movie. I didn't really hear anything about it. Uh, And then uh, The King's Man was released uh, on Hulu and HBO Max uh, within the last couple of weeks or so. And this scene now has been making the rounds that people are discovering that the post credit scene of The King's Man sets up <laughs> that Vladimir Lenin uh, and Adolf Hitler meet <laughs> and they reveal it. It's like, oh, it is good to meet you, sir. What is your name? Adolf Hitler and then it's like dun 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 and it's like they and I see people like posting like they really revealed Hitler like he's the next Marvel villain like my favorite part is that Hitler still has like a full normal people mustache he has a, he has so a Dr. It, Eggman mustache. Yeah, but so it just implies that at some point, like, they're going to have, like, a big scene where, like, he shaves down and he gets the iconic Hitler facial hair. It's so stupid. I, I it must have been a joke, right? Like, they couldn't, what could they possibly have planned? Is it, is, the, is it just, is it just, like, they're just teasing they, World War Two? Yeah, is the, as, King, like, a setting? Is the King's Man 2 going, because I know that the King's Man 1 is World War 1, is the King's Man 2 going to be World War 2? Are the Kingsmen going to fight Hitler? Like, <laughs> yeah, I probably, I mean, that seems to be the implication, and Lenin, I guess. Yeah. Chillin'. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it's, like, a kind of a funny thing that, like, people are discovering about a movie that released previously, but, like, nobody, also... I don't see any of this coming from people who've actually seen the movie. It's just people who've seen this scene and they're like, I can't believe that this is what's in the movie. Yeah. But no, you have to see it for yourself, too. Like the last trailer uh, that that we have to talk about is uh, one for uh, for our favorite genre of movie. The fucking generic ass walk hard biopic based on a, a, a famous musician that runs through all of the traditional tropes and cliches it's elvis directed by baz lerman yeah i hate biopics i especially hate musical biopics and i hate baz lerman a lot and i hate you know what not a big fan of the south at the moment all all (laughs) things considered forgive me if that is insensitive but yeah uh so nothing about this makes me want to i like elvis is i guess the only thing like i objectively understand why his music was popular but like don't want to see this at all probably won't yeah and it's apparently supposed to be like two and a half hours long so i'm like is it is it like based on because this trailer was like the longest trailer since cloud atlas like i don't know it was like yeah. three minutes and something i'm like that for an elvis movie it's like i can already see everything that you think that this movie's gonna look like just from the trailer it's like yeah, there it is it's like when he's a kid and he like learned about music from the black people that he stole music from and then like the uh he's gonna tom hanks is his f- fucking fat music uh <laughs> it's the same exact fat suit that colin farrell is wearing to play the penguin in it's the, the same Batman. one that will uh what's his name gary oldman wore for the darkest hour <laughs> it's like these all and then also the, the voice tom hanks what is tom hanks's voice in this trailer uh, like uh, it's creepy like he sounds like he's uh, casting a spell on everyone whenever he talks God. and then and i'm like i don't know like the costumes and the hair and i guess look fine yeah like, I, it's surprisingly it looks pretty subdued for a baz lerman thing which is i think for movie, kind of and surprising for movie about elvis it's like that's the thing yeah. it's like you're taking these like iconic rock stars who are like you know 
transgressive for the time and you're making the most fucking generic ass movies about them like yeah elton john and and freddie mercury and all this and you're just like these these watered down like traditional by the numbers movies it's like there's ways to make interesting music biopics but i think at this point it's like i think that that art is kind of gone i think i think there's not a way to make interesting musical biopics i i think not in a way that like will be successful at least not in a way where it's like we're gonna go from like the entirety of their career and all their greatest hits like i think something like love and mercy with uh uh paul dano that's at least any any biopic that of any kind that follows someone from their childhood to their death is a bad movie Mm -hmm. like i i i'm a hundred percent confident that is there is no artistry in that there is no like on the on the whoever like writes those movies like you should be fucking ashamed of yourself like what a lazy fucking we were making jokes like we were making our own billy joel we were like piano (laughs) man back when like when bohemian rhapsody first came out we're like when are they gonna make piano Piano Man yeah. with Billy or Joel. Tiny Dancer with Ellen John, which, which turned out to be Rocket Man. <laughs> but yeah, no, we were making these jokes and we're like, let's make our fake Billy Joel biopic. And it's yeah. like, this is, I guarantee, whatever that movie, co- whatever Piano Man actually happens, it's gonna and be, it ex- it's gonna be exactly what what the jokes that we're making about it now. It's like that's literally what the movie's gonna look like. <laughs> we're gonna have the scene where Billy Joel, uh, his the, the defining moment of his career when he buys beer for underage children in Long Island. And then it's re- and then that's the the reveal that that kid grew up to be Lewis Otero. <laughs> that's that's in the uh, like the the text at the end. That Lewis just says like what happens next. Lewis, that boy grew up to be Lewis Otero, and he went on to write Fountain and the Maniac Nun Who Wouldn't Die, <laughs> the Vengeful Nun. Who wanted th- that's a that's an interesting thing we can plug marketing purposes uh yeah sure the, i i co-wrote a movie called uh fountain the vengeful nun who wouldn't die uh, i co-wrote it with james dean who directed it and funded it and edited it and just did everything and willed it into existence and it's kind of like a miracle of absolute like microscopic budget filmmaking and it's really impressive and it's a full hour and a half long movie that he made that i had a a small hand i'm also associate producer on it i guess i should also mention that but it's it's really fun gross exploitation stuff specifically non-sploitation so if you like some grindhouse grossness check it out on tubi for free with ads or you can rent it uh, and buy it on Amazon for really cheap digitally. And there are physical copies coming out soon, from what I understand. So get Vinegar Syndrome on the phone, man. Yeah. I'm very proud of you, oh, and, thank you and you guys. And the fact that like you 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 did it like you made your your like the dream, your project like happen. And it's that out there for people to watch now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's all James and I'm and I'm lucky to have had a, a, a role in it because he he's really the one who made it but yeah i'm I'm immensely proud of it and proud of everyone involved and thank you mike that's very kind yeah all right so the last bit of news that we want to talk about and this is uh we don't want to just like go through all of the categories and everything like that but we want to specifically talk about what the oscar nominations this year did specifically as far as the marketing for certain movies, like how it affected like the public perception or how it helped movies, how it how how it's kind of causing backlash for certain movies. So let's run through what I think that the big highlights we can at least go through what the best picture nominees for sure. these movies are, because those are the movies that usually get the biggest bump. Uh, they, they're the ones that get re-released in theaters. And usually AMC every year does their like best picture showcase where they just like show them all in a big marathon over a weekend. Um, so the, the best picture nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Now, a couple of surprises in there. One, I was very shocked to see Nightmare Alley make the cut because it's yeah, it seemed like that, yeah, it seemed like that movie kind of landed with a thud. It made like it was very like kind of infamously like bombed like when it was in its theatrical release yeah i mean it, it was it was let out to die by disney but yeah yeah and it seemed like it would be dead in the water it seemed like it wasn't going to go anywhere and it ended up just willing its way into a best picture nomination and i gotta say i, I mean i love guillermo del toro and i'm 
still love to see him get recognition and also yeah. like see his movie. Uh, Nightmare Alley wasn't really my favorite thing. I no. thought it was like whatever. I mean, like it has a lot of impressive technical elements that I'm glad were recognized, like the costumes and the cinematography and stuff. But I just as a story, as like a character piece, I didn't really connect to it at all. I did. There's like there's 60 percent of that movie that I adore, but there's 40 percent of it that it's just like, OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that those those dividing lines are pretty clear when you watch the movie. But like, yeah, I, I'm shocked because just in that, like, you know, he's had such better movies than this. Like Shape of Water, that made sense to me when that was happening. I felt that was like just truly like a, a, an exceptional, like memorable film. Yeah. Nightmare Alley is a great film like don't get me wrong but it's not like i don't know he he's just capable like he's put out like pan's labyrinth that didn't get a fucking best picture nomination i mean in a year of 10 nominations i feel like pan's labyrinth might have made it in maybe it made foreign language and a bunch of other tech stuff but yeah because in a year of five nightmare alley would not have made it in yeah and and I, and again, I, I feel like even in a year of 10, I'm like, are we scraping that bad? I mean, like, I feel like I could have named a lot better movies than Nightmare Alley for this year. But again, I feel like it's all like, you know, residual love for The Shape of Water, like at one best picture of the year it came out. So I feel like it's just like more additional goodwill towards him mm-hmm. that it ended up making it through. Yeah, which um, I mean, great. I, yeah. I'll lend all the goodwill to uh, yeah and then nightmare alley also was released it came out on hulu and hbo max as well so it it became more widely accessible for people to watch that's part of the the fucking strategy now because i mean like i i remember you know back when i was like a scuzzy little pirate in high school like oscar season was great for me because like all the screeners would leak online and i can just pick them up and now there's no real need for that because by the time they're sending out screeners for like fairly recently released movies like they're going to digital like right away yeah like and they're able to just make that money so if they're already yeah if they're not already on streaming services now Mm -hmm. because like a majority of the best picture nominations are from streaming services don't look up and power of the dog or from netflix um then you've got they just announced that drive my car is going to be released to hbo max in early march at some point so that'll be available to watch especially that's a movie that i think has most benefited from like uh like it's its image being raised because of the oscars and i feel like this is where i feel like when people say that like the oscars are irrelevant and that they don't matter and it's like in a grand scheme of things you could say like yeah like it doesn't really matter like who wins a lot of the time but i think it's like the the uh the spotlight that gets put on these smaller known movies that like normally would not get that widely seen or mm-hmm. praised. I think that that is the purpose. Like that is where like they are still relevant in like giving a platform to like, again, this very niche three hour long Japanese movie about like grief and depression and stuff like that, that is very almost inaccessible for a lot of people. But, and also I feel like, in the way that we say that like critics reviews are useless in this day and age or that they don't have the same relevance. Drive My Car got nominated for Best Picture purely on the strength of critics rallying behind it, the critics prizes. And I feel like that is the purpose of like, again, of critics like rallying behind something that normally wouldn't get it. Like critics reviews for the Batman. Like, again, it's not going to matter. Batman is going to. You're seeing the Batman. It's yeah. No. Yeah. It's like your perception of the Batman is not going to be impacted uh, by critics reviews the, the whether or not you're going to see it is not going to matter as far as critic reviews go but for a movie like drive my car or a lot of these best picture movies the the reviews and like the awards kind of do influence its overall like public perception and image and i also feel like it, it can also backfire in a way like we were talking about licorice pizza how the that movie where it's like the the criticism of the movie is amplified because it has awards eyes on it now yeah. and people want to take it down fucking stupid people i'm not even that into that movie but like the the, the fucking conversation surrounding mm. that movie is so goddamn dumb yeah. i will say though about licorice pizza though i feel like the the fervent like vitriol around it has very much died out it feels like it was a lot yeah, more yeah, yeah. i feel like because now it's like licorice pizza only got nominated for best picture best director and best original screenplay so i feel like it not getting nominated for a whole bunch of stuff kind of spells that like it's probably not going to win anything. So I feel like the people who hate it have been able to like ease up on hating it because they're like, well, it's not going to win anything. And that's what it also feels like. It feels like this Twitter backlash is specifically like generated for people driving like I I want to I want to destroy this movie's chances of being successful. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's fair. I'm looking at like this group of nominations for like the first time, actually. I don't know. I haven't been I'm never connected to the Oscar race in any way. Just funny, like an interesting one, just Dune being there, um, which Dune being like this clearly like the first in a trilogy or at least one of two parts. Just reminding me of like uh, like Lord of the Rings and stuff and like how like they gave like Return of the King. Uh, a best picture nomination and they and it won like, and, everything and, and it won and it like felt like it's like oh but like why weren't like the ones that people seem to enjoy more i think like, nominated yeah, that's for this f- prize that's what i feel like i'm like i hope that like yeah dune's nominated for best picture and stuff but I, it's like i just hope that like the, there is the trepidation of like let's <laughs> well where's this going yeah like yeah. let's give let's wait until the last movie comes out and then we can award it it's like but what if the next movie isn't good like you yeah. have to worry like lord of the rings you were lucky that the third movie was that good yeah but how often do you get to market a like a sequel to a best picture nominee do you know what i mean yeah, like that's not a, a common yeah, occurrence like the godfather part two was not in development when the first movie <laughs> wrapped yeah exactly but but yeah no i think that the other thing about uh some of these other movies that are nominated here um well one uh another movie that has it seems like it's the out front runner right now uh and that's power of the dog and i would say at, at least of these this crop i haven't seen drive my car or don't look up yet but of the movies here that i have seen power of the dog is easily the best movie that is on this list but it also feels like this movie is now starting to attract like it's it's naysayers like i was just scrolling through twitter and on mark maron's podcast sam elliott was on there talking about the movies like a yeah, movie was a fucking piece of shit man and then and he's saying but his also his reasonings for thinking that the movie was bad he's like there's there's this movie about they say it's trying to demythalize the the american west and he's like who the fuck is this woman from new zealand to come in here with this gay shit like jesus christ yeah and it's like dude come on sam elliott like i i know we're all like you know maybe we're like oh sam elliott's cool it's like but you know what what if it what if what if we were wrong maybe he is the personification of all the boomer memes that we see on conservative (laughs) facebook like yeah i mean i don't don't know how much people were expecting from him but yeah no certainly uh seems to be living up to that accent yeah um I, i guess some other interesting I guess some interesting developments that have come out of the Oscar. Now, oh, also the Oscars fan favorite poll on Twitter. I don't know if you've been keeping up with any of this. Fucking Army of the Dead has a run at it. I'll no, tell Cinderella you has a run at it as, as the as the number one. Wait, really? Yeah, it's apparently was the number one movie at this point. Again, I've never met someone who saw or liked that movie. Yeah, you know what? It, and also. This, oh, is it just fans of the girl? Oh yeah, probably oh, definitely that's the okay. musician. Yeah. Um it's it's the same thing with Lady Woman. Gaga and House of Gucci. Like <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh but also I feel like this is this seemed like a move that was strategically put in place to make sure that we could give Spider-Man an award and it's not even coming close yeah. to happening. And, I'm, yeah. and, it, and that's the part that I'm excited about is just seeing the stupid experiment blow up in their faces that are like because it's like they have to feel like they have to like pander to normies or it's like we need to make sure Spider-Man's nominated so that people will watch it. It's like. But if you look at the traction, like the ratings for the Oscars, it's like because that's all they care about is like the ratings are declining and the and people are saying like, well, the reason that they're declining is because there are movies that nobody cares about. Nobody saw. And it's like, but the year where big comic book movies, Black Panther and Joker were nominated for Best Picture, the ratings still declined and the normies that they're chasing after to watch the Oscars still didn't watch yeah. anime. So it's like, why? Maybe why the is- Oscars are just bad. Or maybe it should just remain a stupid niche thing for us dumb idiots. Yeah, does it have to be this expensive? Yeah. Like now that I'm really thinking about, it, why is it so expensive? Why is it such an affair? Like, like you see, like the Screen Actors Guild or like the Indie Spirit Awards, and they're in like shitty like dining halls and stuff. And yeah. it's like bring just, that. Just give the awards. Back. I don't care about the stupid musical numbers or like the oh, the yeah. comedy bits that you're doing. That it's are like, bad. Yeah, and they're saying that like, oh, they want to like, you know, they're they're reducing the the screen time for the uh like the lesser awards during the show because they're like, we want to in- ensure audience engagement by having musical numbers and d- comedy bits, and it's like, no, these are always the parts of the Oscars that everybody hates, that everybody cringe watches during. Yeah. So it's like, why are they, again? It's like they feel like they're just like they're just so out of touch with like how to make a show. It's like literally just like 
Can't the, you just send an email? <laughs> can't you just send an email to everyone? Like, here, here's who can won. You just, don't even tell us the nominees. Can't you, can you just <laughs> put, out your, put out your winners on Twitter like the Golden Globes did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly, yes. Let's do that for everything. I'm, I'm fucking scared. I miss just leaving a a film festival and being like, in two days, someone is going to just send to my send me an email and tell me who won that. Yeah, and I don't have to like wait for like a commercial break or for like Tom and Jerry to stop tap dancing with the <laughs> Brian and Stewie from Family Guy, or whatever the fuck is happening. Uh, I can I can just read a stupid email from a stupid company about a stupid award show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna end up watching it together at, at some point. I feel like yeah, probably. Um, I mean, anyway, it can't be any worse than last year's, where last year they didn't even show clips from the fucking movies. It's like, that's literally the bare minimum. Like, I want to at least see the movies that you're that you're rewarding. Like, if I can't, I have no connection to this. What what am I supposed to get that this person won the award for best costumes? Let me see the pictures of the costumes. God, all I know about is the fucking Helen Mirren doing the dance thing. That was Glenn Close. Glenn Close, whatever. Just as painful. You get the, the sentiment, old person. So stupid. Oh, it's just dancing. They don't usually do that. Yeah. The fuck? Who is doing it? Who is running? I, mm. yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I think that's enough of a uh, of a of a, <laughs> of a diatribe about the uh, the Oscars. They'll teach you to make me talk about the Oscars, Mike. Yeah. Uh, even after last year, after the horrendous showing of last year, I, I think I, sw- I swore I was like, I'll never make you talk about the Oscars again. They don't deserve it. But here we are a year later. And what do you know? They're probably going to do the same thing this year. I'll probably see the same thing. But next year we'll be here again. We'll be right back covering it for this show because that's what this show is. It's market research. So that's what do you think of episode one of market research for for February of 2022? Let us know what you think of it. Uh, let us know if there's any big marketing uh, things that were released this month that we ended up missing. Uh, we might cover it on the next episode. So we want to try to have this be like like a monthly thing. We'll probably try to have this released like in the first couple of days of every new month. So this will probably be up at the beginning of March or so. You're probably listening to it uh, at this point. In, and uh, let us know what you think of it. Uh, Lewis, where can the people find you? Even though we gave it out at the at the beginning of the show, why don't you remind them again? Sure, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Lewis J. Otero, on Instagram at Blood and Guts and Lewis. And you can watch the movie that I co-wrote on Amazon and Tubi. That is Fountain, F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-E. And the vengeful nun who wouldn't die available to rent and purchase. Um, and uh, you can also follow my other podcast, The Gory Picture Show, on every podcasting service and follow us on Twitter at Gory underscore show. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Kino Man. And you can find the social media accounts for Cinemarketing uh, on Instagram at Cinemarketing Podcast and Twitter at CinemarketPod. Uh, that's where we post a lot of the videos and stuff. We posted a video of us eating the Batman pizza onto Twitter and Instagram. So go uh, take a look over there if you want to see Come our, witness my shame. our instant reactions to the tasting of the Batman pizza. It was like the guys in Jackass drinking the horse cum. We were just the I'm shame. A, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'm actually ashamed of myself. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll uh, see you next month for our next iteration of the show thank you bye me